Welcome to VRPC with your hosts Sharpie and the Captain. And this week it's going to be Brit Rock, Skunk and Nancy. Turn that shit up. So, Captain, how you doing? Yes, it's uh, a fine week. We're on your uh, balcony, uh, Mr. Sharp, and just, uh, yeah, uh, loving life at the moment. You know, what's, what's been happening with you? Yeah, just finished work, mm-hmm. um, and this is a nice thing to come home to, to, you know, be able to use to chill out after work, actually. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Get a couple of beers and mm-hmm. sit out in the, the fresh air and... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I speak about an absolutely belting yeah. album. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of laughing at your beers here tonight because obviously after the last two years. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, first of all, yeah, I stopped him past the shop. Um, Just for the for the avoidance of doubt, Sharpie is drinking Corona. Yeah, so I stopped him past it, and I know I know what the captain's like with beer. He likes his lighter beer, and you know it's it's actually summer now. Mm-hmm. And the allegedly, weather's better. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And we're sitting outside mm-hmm. and um, I just thought a nice, cold, refreshing yeah. lager yeah. Yeah. Is, is kind of the order for the night. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I, I thought Corona is... I, I actually really like Corona. Oh, yeah, really, yeah. It was funny because remember back, back in the pandemic, you know, they, like when everybody was buying toilet paper and, you know, like, you know, like running to the hills and whatever. You know, the only beers, the that, only were beers that were stock was Corona. And like, you know, Jesus people Christ. Yeah. Are dumb, people are that dumb, People are that dumb, yes. <laughs> Crown. Crown, I think it is in Spanish, isn't it? Crown, yeah. Yeah. Corona, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, uh, you know, uh, tonight uh, I'm just drinking hot water because, you know, I think I'm suffering from this uh, podcast. I've been drinking so much, put on so much weight, so I thought I'll just The take last that. one was a heavy one as well, the wasn't it? The Belgique beers, yes. We'll just have to put an apology for that one. Yeah, that, they kicked uh, our ass a little bit. <laughs> God, but it was like, um, it was kind of like a, a slow, slow release, like venom. It just suddenly hit us, you know, and I was like, what is happening? The last 10 minutes you of the recording. You like, literally, uh, like, uh, like uh, receding into the seats. You just like, <laughs> So yeah, I hope you've checked out that episode. That was the uh, rhythm guitarists episode. Uh, we'll be coming back with the lead guitarists uh, yeah, in a future lead episode. Yeah, um, So Sharp, you been checking out anything uh, on the on the radio or? Yeah, do you the... know, there's been quite a lot released recently, oh, yeah? and um, our old friends, your old friends, Skullfest, got a new album. Oh right, okay, yeah, I'm checking that out. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Fir- oddly enough, the first song isn't. It's the worst song on the album, and right. it picks up after okay, that, yeah. and it's just a cracking album mm. after that. So check out Skullfest. Yep. Um, they add a little bit of um, your uh, synthwave oh, right, 80s okay. vibe to cool. a bit. So yeah, check yeah, check out the Skullfest album. Yeah. Um, and Ram, what can I say? Yeah, it's good that album. Oh, yeah, yeah. What can I say uh, about the Ramstein album? Yeah, it's good. I went to see the I went to the album release in the cinema, so it was quite cool. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I've been listening to that album quite a lot. Uh, I love that zigzag song. It's, <laughs> it's the yeah. whole thing, just from yeah. start to finish. I mean, it's it's a stellar album. Is, I think yeah. it's going to be difficult to... I mean, it's early in the year, but that's a contender for album of the year yeah, already. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely... It's one of those things that's got a lot of, uh, a lot of character and a lot of, uh, you know... There's the hard bits and there's a kind of atmospheric... It's kind of, like, proggy a little bit. It is a bit yeah, proggy, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, not in, like, a Pink Floyd sense, but, like, it's just mm. got something It's uh, like... You know, there's even sort of tints of sort of like EDM parts of it. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Quite a unique, yeah, Ramstein album. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and their Wattins new album. Yeah, they're an interesting band. I've not really gotten into them, but I'm, I'm very intrigued by them. You kind know of like I mean? death and roll kind of stuff. Is that, yeah, yeah, right, okay. Death uh-huh. and roll. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see them live because they're quite like esoteric, yeah. almost on like uh, the cusp of uh, being dangerous type thing. <laughs> yeah, they are. They keep getting in trouble and things. But yeah, no, they, they're they're a very interesting band. Mm. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about them. I keep hearing about them sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. So of course they released this album. I checked out, and yeah, it's it's a, it's great. It's nothing if it's not entertaining, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean myself. Uh, yeah, I've been checking out the Rammstein album, but I got into um, Alan Parsons' project. Yeah, you sent me that. Like, yeah, I don't know what I make of that. Stuff, yeah. to be honest. Um, I uh, possibly it, not for me. Not for say. you, but like um, for me, like uh, a lot of the, my influences, you know, like the sort of the Dream Theater, Steve Vai, mm-hmm. Ingvi Malmsteen, even sort of like Michael Ammon, Spiritual Beggars, they all talked about Alan Parsons and. Uh, I just happened to check it out, and I was like, "Wow!" This uh, the thing that I really liked about it was the actual the sound of the album. Yeah. And then I did a little bit of research, and actually, Alan Parsons was was one of the like producers or, or recorders of Dark Side of the Moon. And then the whole thing kind of made that's sense to me. That's it, right? Okay, yes, and that I does just, make sense to me. And now. just yes, like, it's it is kind of like seventies sort of like soft rock a yeah. little bit. Adult oriented kind of rock. Yeah, stuff. but the, just the sound of it is just so like lush, mm. like yeah, yeah. you know, because you know, like if you put on like Death Magnetic by Metallica, your ears start to hurt a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, Dark Side of the Moon is a lush sound. Yeah, album, it's just it? like yeah. you know, you, like you're suddenly like in a warm bath or something. Yeah, you know. And yeah. So I've been really into um, Alan Parsons. <laughs> so a very sort of uh, retro thing. And then of course for today's episode, which obviously we're talking about Skunk and Nancy and the album. Paranoid and Sunburned. Paranoid and Sunburned, yeah. Um, uh, I, I heard a lot of influences mm. uh, in this album and I was sort of like checking them out, so we'll talk about that uh, during the course yeah. of the album. Yeah. So, Sharpie, why did we pick, or more specifically yourself, why did you pick uh, this album? I've been wanting to introduce a bit of, of this Brit rock into the podcast for a little while now, and I was kind of scratching my head as to how and who mm-hmm. I, I would do that with, because... Yeah. I, I'm not really aware of you speaking about many brick rock bands. Yeah. Um. So, what, what I guess what what is brick rock? What what do we mean by brick rock? Well, brick rock, like legend has it, grunge came in, um, killed off all the naff music, and then um, Kurt Cobain blew his head off, and then new metal came along. Not true in the UK. Yeah. There was an overlap between the mid. 90s to the late 90s of this big bunch of bands yeah. with um, real energy and yeah. drive um, some of it post grunge some of it post punk um, some of it kind of verging on the edges of new metal like yeah Spunk well I, mean, I was, I was just going to say like sort of between the, the demise of Kurt Cobain which was 1994 and then sort of 1999 the mm. sort of arrival of this sort of new metal thing in between there was quite a Kind of alternate scene, yeah. Like, and yeah. I think in America it would be bands like Smashing Pumpkins, Pearl Jam, Bush. You know, who, Bush. who were yeah, well, huge. Bush had a UK band. UK band, but huge in America, in, in, but in nobody US. here listened yeah. to them. You know. Um, um, so there was this bunch of bands, and I'm talking. So, who are we talking about? Uh, Muse, although they're stadium filling and they're their own thing now. We're yeah. part of that. Um, Skunk and Nancy, Terror Vision. Te- well, that was the band that immediately came to my mind. Yeah. yeah. The Wild Hearts. Yeah. Uh, Reef. Yeah. Feeder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, therapy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of, uh, you know, there's a whole other bunch of yeah. bands of that ilk. And this is kind of like a parallel. Wild Hearts. Yeah. yeah, Wild Hearts. This is, this is kind of like a parallel thing to Britpop. 
which is slightly different. Yeah, so there was indie, there was a kind of indie rock thing happening at kind of at the same time. Yeah. Blur Oasis. Um, uh, Suede, Suede Elf, yeah. the, um, uh, Ash and all that sort of well, stuff. Well, Ash were kind of... They kind of straddle it, I suppose. Yes, yeah. there was bands that straddled both yeah. sides a little bit. Um, Ocean Colour Scene, I guess. Oh, um, yeah. But th- this is the Hard Reds. Um, Three Colours Red, actually, are a band worth me- mentioning as well. Yeah, I don't um, know them, yeah. Honey Crack. Mm-hmm. Um, so these bands, very, very... Quite heavy sometimes. Yeah. Um, like the Wild Hearts debut album, quite heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, Skunk and Nancy Parnow, some work quite heavy. Um, ther- some of Therapies Definitely, stuff yeah. is, you know, um, from Trouble Gum, yep. things like that, you know, quite a hard metallic edge to it a lot, yep. a lot of the time. But um, very, an attitude, very almost like UK 70s punk. Yeah. In, yeah. With, with attitude, you know, yeah, so it's yeah. got real. The, all these bands had a great drive to them, yeah. you know, a great energy to them. I suppose the other thing is. I suppose the other thing is if you're if you're British and you're about our age, you would know that most of these bands were on TFI Friday at one point. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And you know, Skunk and Nancy were one of my first ever gigs. Oh you know, really? Yeah. Saw them three times. They were yeah. one of my first ever gigs. And I've said to you that <laughs> I thought I'd seen Muse on their first tour, and I did a bit doing the research on this. It transpired that yeah, Muse. Yeah, this would have been a bit later on, like 99. No, 98. 96. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. Jesus, so, yeah, yeah. yeah we, yeah. Then they were like third on the. Yeah, on they the must bill. have, like, Muse must have been like teenagers. Then, oh, yeah. They're yeah, not yeah. that much older than us. Yeah, you know? so this was one of their first right. tours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, they're. Par- Paranoid and Sunburnt. Yeah, Paranoid and Sunburnt, yeah. So that was a kind of a brief introduction to what we are sort of the umbrella term of Brit rock. And mm. um, um, we're talking about Skunk and Nancy. Um, there's another facet to this band being like kind of multi-ethnic and also female, but we'll maybe talk about that later. But Sharpie, hit us with this album. Yeah, um, this album released 18 September 1995. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, received generally um, good reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enemy gave it out of ten. Yeah. Got to number eight in the UK album charts. Became platinum. Yeah. Uh, um, and this is a triple platinum selling. Um, band actually yeah um it was produced uh, it was by uh, andy wallace who's done shitloads of stuff oh, just, everybody you know? yeah absolutely yeah. everybody yeah um and so did you say it went to number eight in number the UK? eight in the uk yeah. charts yeah. um some really big singles as well uh, yeah. charity and week is yeah. probably the biggest but also i can dream and selling jesus Selling Jesus was the first single off the album, right? Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. a ballsy move. Yeah, yeah, a ballsy move. Um, I must admit, a new week. I mean, that is their kind of big sort of hit, I suppose, or probably is their biggest hit. And I was vaguely aware of Selling Jesus, but the other two songs, I really didn't know. But mm. yeah, on you go. Um, so they formed in 1994, mm. and as you alluded to, uh, Skin. Is the um, vocalist yep. Cass on bassist on on guitar yep. and Mark Richardson on drums and I think their drummer subsequently changed a few times so but this unit of um, yep. Cass and Mark Richardson's quite an important one for yeah, the yeah. vibe of the band yeah, yeah, yeah. because basically at this time there was no other band that had the, a groove yeah I mean of this nature um, that. People, you know, fifty thousand people in a in a festival crowd yeah. bounce yeah. to you know. Um, so 
at least a few albums then disbanded in 2001 uh, kind of then subsequently reformed in 2009 yeah um and they've kind of been quite busy since then so yeah i hadn't realized they've yeah. released uh, three albums in the last sort of 10 12 years yeah. Um, um yeah so they've got six albums mm. um probably some about their debut stoosh yeah uh released in a year later yeah yeah, yeah. post orgasmic chill in 99 then um after the reformation wanderlust black traffic and an architecture yeah and they've just released a single out piggy um, right. Which rocks along really yeah. quite quite nicely, I have to say. I have um, to say, the, the lead singer, Skin, um, she hasn't aged. She doesn't look any different now than she did 20 years ago. Yeah, it's, you know, Skin one is one of my favourite front persons. Let's describe her. Ever. Describe her. We're, on, we're, on, you know, we're not on TV here, Sharpie. Yeah, so Skin is. Um, she's a skin headed black. Lesbian. Oh right, okay. Um, and before these things were cool. <laughs> well, and do you, do you know what? I mean, I, I she's an such an articulate, interesting person. Um, yeah. Brought up in the I think the Brixton area. Yeah, yeah, of London. Of yeah. London. Yeah. Um, so experienced the Brixton riots and things like that. The um, ethnic kind of tensions around you know the the Police Brixton and riots yeah. and thing, things like that. Um, just a really fascinating individual um she was brought up um kind of around her uncle's um nightclub all oh, right which played ska yeah, and yeah. Uh, reggae yeah yeah so immersed in mu- music from a very very that young was kind age of a big thing in the 90s as well in the really, UK, yeah. absolutely wow. absolutely um big cultural thing as well um so and then of course kind of the punk thing as well um you know ska being an avenue into punk and things like that mm-hmm. um yeah, so I think, um, well, we should maybe just touch on this. It was quite, it's quite interesting. Like when we were kids, you know, when this music came out, uh, you know, um, it, I mean, when you're kids, this this doesn't really matter. But it was, in retrospect, it was kind of interesting. You had a like a, a multi-ethnic band, so you had a, a female singer, which was unusual. I can't really. Well, there was. I, I noticed that she talked about uh, Skunk and Nancy being a clit rock band. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, I, there was and, an, there's an interesting interview with. Um, in a Krang interview, it's about 15 minutes long. And it's well, if to get to know Skin a little bit, it's actually a really good interview to get, yeah. kind of know it a little bit. And it was a kind of throwaway phrase in frustration a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, um, there was other like female bands. When I, when, I, when I heard that term, I thought, what did she mean by that? You know, but I mean, there was like L7, and then there was like Hole. Yeah. And, you know, I suppose like the Smashing Pumpkins had a female bass player, but, you know. White Zombie as well. Oh, White Zombie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, um, on top of that, you know, you had uh, like a black bass player uh, and then a white guy playing guitar. Yeah. A white guy playing guitar played like Jimi Hendrix and then the, like a white guy playing drums. Now, of course, when we were kids, doesn't none of this made. You know, we're just interested. It looks cool. You know. Um, it looked very cool. You know, I suppose it does quite, look cool now. Yeah, I suppose you know, in sort of looking back at the time, it's quite. A, I don't know if you'd say it's a ballsy move because like when you're. Yeah, teenager, you just don't care about any of that nonsense, you know. You know. It didn't matter to me then, and yeah, it certainly doesn't, doesn't matter yeah. to me now. The sound certainly, of the band was yeah. everything to me. It certainly made them stand out, you know. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, she's a striking figure, and. Um, did what she was singing about matter? Well, I think this is where you'll have to sort of lead me on this because I, I like, I knew of Skunk and Nancy, and you know, I'd go into somebody's house and I would always see that CD. Yes. You know, you'd see it everywhere. It was almost like omnipresent for a for a time. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah, but I. 
uh, I was kind of just like, like, kind of in a slightly parallel place. So I wasn't quite, uh, um, like, close to the, yeah. the, the the lyrics or the sound or whatever. Um, so I mean, for, for me, like, sorry, just jumping in here. Like, the, the obvious thing to me was they were kind of like a British, like, amalgamated version of Rage Against the Machine, Led Zeppelin, and then like a bit of Jimi Hendrix and on something else which would probably be like the Clash or like yeah. the, the scuff the, the punkier stuff which I wouldn't have known about but yeah. you know like they had this sort of rage style riffs a little bit yeah and they as I say the guitarist whose name I just forget um, I mean they, they all like skin openly admits Ace Martin Ace Kent yeah, yeah. He, he had a lot of this sort of Jimi Hendrix like like embellishments yeah. and stuff like that you know I mean skin openly admits like particularly in the early first, first couple of albums that Rage Against Machine were a massive influence, yeah. and Rage Against Machine were important because it, al- allowed, rock band. it allowed them to, to feel comfortable being able to speak about the political issues that yeah. they wanted to, yeah. you know, around race and things like that, and, yeah. um, around you know uh, other elements of. So is that a big thing uh, within the lyrics? Is, is a lot of that sort of stuff, or is it is that just one or two songs that happen to be the bigger? Uh, do you know what? There, there's a good mix of stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, like. Um, Charity is. I mean, we'll go through the songs, but you know, there's like "Weak" is 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 a love song. Yeah, 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 It's just a straight out yeah. love song after yeah. "Skin Was Dumped," you know. Yeah. So th- there is a good mix of of, yeah. of songs. It's not just all like yeah. "Rage" is just pure. It's not the message. Pop. It's not the, <laughs> the the only message. It's not all race related either, yeah. you know. But yeah. it's it's an element to. Not just part of our upbringing. Itself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but I think it's important to mention "Rage" because they allowed them to feel comfortable being able to yeah. explore that in their music yeah yeah and obviously the bass player uh, Cass you know the black guy he plays like he's a really good bass player oh, incredible he's got, runs. you know um, you know yeah just like Classic funky guitarist. funky and yeah you know he had the the moves and stuff like that yeah so on you, on you go. Um, so yeah I guess give you a little bit more background into the band um, 2004, mm-hmm. they were named one of the most successful UK bands kind of ever between 1953 and 2003. Spent 147 weeks on both single and album chart. Wow. Yeah. And um, 1999, mm-hmm. so this this is, to give you a bit of context, this is how big Skunk became, mm-hmm. like from say 95, 96 yeah. to, you know, year 2000 they were the last band to headline the Glastonbury stage right, of the yeah. millennium in 1999 yeah. and that gig is actually on YouTube yeah. and it's fantastic yeah. you know, um, have a fill of that like you know it's brilliant um, and then yeah they kind of they split for a while and they came back but she had a solo album did she, she not cut two solo yeah. albums they never really gained much traction yeah um, and they did a couple of other things they did an acoustic um, Skunk and Nancy live in London, two thousand three, and I remember around the time that must have been released. I was still kind of living in Aberdeen. I thought, is that Skunk and Nancy? And um, it's brilliant. The the acoustic mm. stuff is fantastic yeah. and really brings Skin's voice, mm. you know, to the fore, you know. Um, and then in two, 2018 they did a live at twenty five twenty five year anniversary. Yeah release kind of thing but um you know they've got kind of three 
other albums yeah kind of recently and it looks like they're about to release another one so mm. be interested to see how that that sounds and how so that... have you checked out their sort of the last three albums the sort of from the tweenies to i the... do you know obviously i was right with skunk nancy for the first three albums yeah. dropped out you yeah. know they 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 split yeah. and i dropped out didn't yeah. think they existed and then yeah. you know they've not had the same traction since yeah, yeah. um But they support Rammstein. Yeah. Oh, and they support Rammstein, yeah, yeah, absolutely, 2010. Yeah. Um, I think, generally, the, the, their most recent albums are, are good, if not mm. very good. Yeah. Um, maybe not don't quite hit the heights of sure, their, yeah. their first yeah. three, but um, certainly worth worth listening to and yeah. discovering, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, of all, of all these Brit rock bands that I kind of mentioned, there's... A few, you know, I, I still listen to, you know, the Wild Hearts being one yeah. we've had recent releases. <clears throat> still really love the Wild Hearts. Um, I still listen to Therapy are, are definitely up there. Can, but Skunk and Nancy always, always, always been a favourite of mine, and I think yeah. it comes from the. I mean, a lot of those bands did kind of sort of uh, disappear. I mean, I'm sure most of them did a, like a 20, 25 year mm. like reunion tour or gig. I mean, like Reef. I mean, they had that big song which was used to advertise uh, mini disc, Sony mini disc. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Which is really cool. I mean, that's a good album. That is it. Yeah. No, I don't think I even heard it. And Terrorvision had like a massive album, How to Make Friends and Influence People, which is great. And then again they and then they had like tequila and then it, like they just all there was a, i guess maybe it was part of the industry back then that you know they like bands would have a pretty they burn brightly and then fade away quick you yeah because um, like if you think of it afterward like i say like in the late 90s you know the, the stuff that was coming over from america like the new metal and stuff uh became big and sort of metal kind of started its its rejuvenation i would have said yeah you know and then Britain, like it was bands like Coldplay, and you know, like kind of the and that's sort of where I just wishy washy sort of stuff. Off, like, you know? you know, and I didn't really some of the new metal stuff annoyed me a wee bit as well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, so, and so. I've had to subsequently go back and you know rediscover some of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm interested to know kind of like their influences because, like, I can hear Rage Against Machine and you know Led Zeppelin, blah blah blah, but. You know, I'm hearing like uh, Living Color and stuff like that. I don't know if you know them. They're an yeah, American band. Yeah, do you yeah. Kind of, I mean, I don't know them well, mm-hmm. but um, like, I certainly know of them. And they were like one of the first like punk metal, black metal. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they so Living Color were an American band. Uh, they were all black guys, and they played sort of yeah, sort of metal, alternative rock, funk, uh, kind of in the you could sort of bandy them in with sort of Faith No More and maybe the Red Hot Chili Peppers a little bit. Yeah. But um, one of our mutual friends who played bass, he was big into them. And I, I was quite... I, they had a couple of albums that came out. And when I, I heard... I think the sound is quite different, but I thought the vibe of Skunk Nancy was kind of similar to, to them, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Living Colour had a... The guitarist was Vernon Reed. He did a lot of kind of like... Oh God, kind yes. of crazy, like angular sort of sounding uh, stuff. He appeared in Guitar World and things like that. Yeah, 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 bit, didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I suppose that was a time of the kind of early 90s, the kind of New Jack City, you know, like when kind of like this sort of hip hop thing and just sort of like like black culture was in America, certainly was, was sort of yeah. becoming like uh, portrayed in the mainstream, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I kind of heard that in them and, and Rage Against Machine 
Definitely. Yeah. Um, what other? I mean, skunk sites, um, the cure. Um, this, I mean, there's a kind of you, you mentioned the clash, mm. um, R and B kind of stuff, um, the specials. Oh right, yeah, no, no yeah, yeah. Man. Um, and Skin kind of said herself like, oh, when I discovered the cure, it was all over kind of mm-hmm. thing. I was, you know, mm-hmm. um, kind of, I guess, being able to be a bit more emotive, you yep. know, with what she was able to sing and, and say about, you mm-hmm. know, um, but Motorhead. Motorhead. Yeah, you said that to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Skunk Nancy were Lemmy's favourite band. Oh, right. Cool. Which um, I found fascinating. Because that's good. Did, did Skunk Nancy, did they ever like take off in America? Not really. No, I mean, yeah. they tried to break America a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, yeah. I, I, again, they seem to be really popular in mainland Europe. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, you, you know, like you look on YouTube and it's all kind of European. Yeah, it's dates, almost like a, a festival in Holland or something like that. Or Absolutely. Bel- yeah. <laughs> you know, big in Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you kind of wonder just how much UK actually misses by not kind of promoting certain bands properly, you know? I think it's just part of the machine, you know, like, like there's a lot of stuff comes in through and it's sort of like turned out and then on to the next thing. Yeah. But I suppose, I mean, in, ter- in terms of like American success, I suppose even like Oasis didn't really crack America, no. you know, Blur didn't, you know, and they were like the biggest bands, yeah. you know, everywhere else, you yeah. know, Oasis were big in Japan, you know, and, you know, and Funny all over Europe, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, so, um, so like, should we, let's talk about the track listing, I think. Yeah. Um, so the album has 11 tracks and it starts off with the track Selling Jesus, which, um, you, you got any sort of anecdotes about that one? It's quite, um, I've, I found that one, um, I, it's a good song, but for me, this the album doesn't really get cracking until Intellectualize My Blackness. I oh, feel that's the one where the, like the, the the groove comes in. But yeah, it's a great. I mean, it's 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 a very Rage Against Machine riff when it gets going, uh, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's. I think that was a thing. Like, I mean, I kind of screeched out of my work car park tonight with this blast and mm-hmm. obscene volumes out yeah. stereo, and it, it felt pretty good. Like I, I think there's a run on this this album that is just. Possibly, yeah, one of I, the best runs of any debut album produced. In we're listening in to a week just now in the time. background, and yeah, I just hear those like uh, Hendrix, you know, like uh, uh, hammer on pull offs with the chords. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like um, a little win. John Frusciante kind of. Oh pull-offs. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, do you know? I'd, I'd never thought about that before until you pointed yeah. that out. And he's very Hendrix oriented. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rero Chill Peppers guitarist. And I mean, so, so, so this is kind of like this is what I'm saying about them being. I mean, this is this is a confrontational album. Even Weak, which is a love song, mm. is it's in quite in your face. Yeah. And this is what turned me on about Skunk and Nancy yeah, yeah. right away especially at that time when I was listening to Neutro and Rage Against yeah, yeah. and you know so I was discovering Slayer like yeah. like Skunk and Nancy were so in your face yeah, yeah. and this album is actually really quite yeah. confrontational mm. and deliberately so and this is the one thing that you know just got me so in, hooked on, on this album yeah. um, and it's I mean it's about um, you know the um, kind of Christian sort of fundamentalism and um, the same thing that Metallica sing in, in kind of Leper and Messiah, you know. Okay, yeah. Um, 
So straight off, first single, yeah. you know. We're talking about selling Jesus here. Yeah, yeah. take take our lead, yeah. take our lead. I just felt that the song it felt a little bit tacked on somehow. It didn't like, uh, like as I say, for me this, this is the second song, Intellectual and Black. That's where the like for me the, the vibe starts kicking in, and the album like really gets going to me, and then it jumps into I Can Dream the next song, and I just felt there was it builds a kind of momentum somehow, you know, just so that like the, yeah. the next so it tracks like two, three, four, Little Baby Swastika, and um, you know. Uh, even the all in the name of pity, I thought that was a quite a, a, a nice like runner like songs. Yeah, I thought and it it gave built emotion like uh, it just a drive. Yeah, I mean all in the name of pity, it kind of it's a slight change of pace, which I yeah. think is quite welcome at that point. Yeah, I album. think you need that. You know, we've had this conversation like you know, uh, you know the reason I like Seasons in the Abyss as opposed to uh, you know Rain of Blood is that Seasons in the Abyss has that kind of it has that uh, light and shade in yeah. terms of speed and and riffing you know whereas Brain and Blood is just all the way through yeah. you know but then it's only 28 minutes long well, that's true, yeah, which yeah. is yeah. The, I, I think the trade-off isn't it the trade-off yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah I just thought um, yeah Intellectual Black was it's just a funky song and yeah just it's a clever song yeah have you, have you li- listened to the lyrics of that uh, no so no. I think it's about somebody she knows who's white no. and his internalized subconscious racism. All right, okay. So he lets things slip. A bri- okay. That he's subconsciously thinking. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But he tries to override it by overthinking it almost. All right, okay. I think I see um, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's quite a difficult. I'm probably not explaining that even then. That I, I think I, well. I, I kind of get where you're 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 going with that. Yeah. Um, but. Of course, like skin, you know, noticing these, yeah, yeah. you know. Ah, it's, it's, I suppose it's like, you know, when you're, uh, you know, there's, uh, you know, something, you know, there's a, a kind of elephant in the room event that's happened in the family and everyone's sort of like trying to walk around it, yeah. and, you know, try yeah. to talk about it but not talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and I, I Can Dream, yeah, I thought that was a really, that, that again, it just that develops the album, I think. It's got a really cool uh, groove and riff to that, yeah. I mean, I hear a touch of the Smashing Pumpkins in that. Yeah. Album. I mean, I, I, I think I Can Dream is one of the best songs yeah, in I the think UK so, yeah. in, in 30 years, in the past 30 years. Ooh, I think really? it's an incredible song. Mm. I just, I think it just, just rips along. Mm. Just, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, this is one of the songs, it's maybe a bit of a deeper cut, but perhaps. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But, you know, is it, when I put this song on, like I hadn't heard this song maybe in about, well, this album in about yep. two years, put this yep. song on it and just thought that song is yep. fucking brilliant, yep. you know, I just, yeah. And it, it, it's, it's kind of heavy, but it's got a poppy hook, you yep. know, and that, that mix of heavy but catchiness is just, again, everything yep. about Skunk and Ansi. So you've got, you know, the grinding riffs and Rage Against Machine kind of mm. jagged riffs, but then you've got skin. Massive soulful voice, mm-hmm. you know, a huge amount of power mm-hmm. singing over these yeah, yeah. these riffs and bass runs, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've got yeah, bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. like Skunk and Nancy in the first tour used to just come in and rip through like these first four songs. You're just, right, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And um, just bouncing just mm-hmm. for for an hour, just in the same spot, you know, yeah. just we are mates, just yeah. just the best feeling, yeah. you know. The next song, uh, "Little Baby Swastika," yeah, I, I, that that was kind of. I suppose that's another more like slightly ambient uh, song. It's got that kind of slightly spooky sort of verse sound, which I kind of associate a yeah. lot with kind of like uh, a lot of like '90s movies. They just had that kind of, you know, 
uh, like crawling the walls sort of sound. Yeah. You know. Um, the cast on this is brilliant. You know, this, mm. his bass runs on this are fantastic. And again, observational um, in its content and using that to yeah. kind of verbalise the kind of politics yeah. in a way. Um, so they rented <laughs> a rehearsal space from this uh, neo-Nazi guy who yeah. ran a pub, so it was like a room above a pub kind of yeah. thing, I think. And they, they kind of they knew he was like a you know National Front neo-Nazi yeah. guy, but you know they took the place. Yeah. And um, like Skin explains the story in, in this this Krang interview, and um, so just about like two feet off the ground was this like half attempted swastika, right. and it's like, and it's, this song is about imagine putting that yeah. through a you know that hate that that evil through mm-hmm. through a child you yeah. know and it, th- this song kind of explains that a little bit like, like who are you to do yeah. do that kind of thing you know just a, a sidestep um the the olympics uh, in japan right um the the kanji the character for uh shrine is uh, what we would call uh, a swastika but, yeah uh, uh, instead of at 45 degrees at, at right angles yeah that is the, the symbol for shrine um, right. You know, so where, where you go to um, yeah, do your like, ancestors and stuff like that. But as part of the thing, originally for the 2020 Olympics, uh, they were going to change a lot of symbols, like like even like on the roads, like this stop signs on painted on the roads is obviously in Japanese kanji. They were going to put that in English, and it was going to cost like billions of like, yen. <laughs> no so I don't think they did it. But one of the things was they were going to get rid of that uh, symbol. Of, uh, you know, uh, that's a bit. St- I don't know. That's a bit like OTT. It's like you know, saying like you know, you know, um, uh, prunes is not. You're not allowed to say that. Yeah, you know, it's some, some weird thing. But anyway, that song. I thought that's where the lemon color thing came to me. Mm, that the, the yeah. chorus. I, I thought it kind of reminded me of like cult of personality or something like that. That it just. That's where that. That was the one I. Uh, I really. Yeah, took down to you. Know, I've, n- I've n- not thought about Living Colour in a long time. And, and neither had I. Neither had I. The more you mention Living Colour, the more I hear it. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I was big into them, but I honestly uh, I hadn't listened to them for. I actually went to see them with our mutual friend about. Oh, it must have been 2014, and it was. Uh, you know, they were just doing it for the money, but it was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, wow. it was, it was, you know, it was like we both went to see the, them. But yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. They're not going to be any lesser musicians for it, are no, they? You know no, no, no. Um, so yeah, uh, what was the next track then after that? It was the In the Name of Pity, I think. Yeah, On the Name of Pity. Mm-hmm. It's a slower kind of grinding, yeah, Rage can't, Against the Machine. I can't actually recall that song. Oh, in the name. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this song... Yeah, I definitely hear the Rage Against the Machine in that one. Yeah, it's a good example of the range of Skin's vocal abilities. Yeah. Yeah, she's brilliant on this, um, and there's a really great kind of matching of of the bass and guitar as well. Mm. I get, and I think this is one of the the, the underrated tracks on, on the album actually. Yeah. And yeah. again, it's just a nice change of pace yep. kind of through the album. You know? Um. Yes. Yeah, so the next track is uh, "Charity," which was uh, a single. Now I didn't actually realise that because I must admit, like, like. Uh, slight segue here. So, like, week is their biggest song. What were what are the biggest hits? You know, of, of Skunk Skunk Nancy. Because I kind of thought there was more. There was week charity. Uh-huh. Um, what from like Stushy or is it Stusher? Mm, yeah. Um, I would. 
need to go into the old Google and actually yeah. look. Because the, uh, they were in the charts quite a lot, but I, I just don't remember any of the other singles. You know, I just remember Weak. I don't remember anything else at the time. Um, Twisted. So anyway, Charity yeah. was a single. It's got kind of an interesting video. Again, I had never seen it at the time um, because back then there was no YouTube. You just had to hope that your favourite video came on at yeah. you know between whatever time you were watching MTV or whatever it was. But uh, that's one that's kind of like in the back of a truck, yeah. black and white, and yeah, it's, that's quite a cool song actually. I thought. And I'd never thought this at the time was a wee bit reminiscent of Joel Cocker's with the help from my friends. Uh, that's left field, yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, there you go. Um, and, and this is kind of a good example of um, a ballad, but with um, the confrontational, yep. kind of scything lyrics. Mm-hmm. So this is this song's about, <laughs> and it's it's a beautiful song, but yep. it's about. Um, People who do charity but for not altruistic oh, reasons, right, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so they say, oh, I, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I do this and that. sticking or, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, that was quite, it's quite an interesting uh, song, that. Uh, yeah, so that was one of uh, four singles. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, there was, it was Charity Week. Um, I can dream and selling Je- us selling Jesus. Yeah, we talked about that one earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I must admit, just the next song, it takes blood and guts to be this cool, but it's still just a cliche. I can't actually recall what that song is. Yeah. So what? Uh, Sharp, you'll have to fill in yeah, the Yeah, it's, it's kind of got like a, a metal kind of funk sort yeah. of riff to it, um, and it kind of takes off. It kind of builds and kind of takes off. Mm. Um, I'm just gonna say, is it, like, see, the, the the band. So this is their first album, 1995. When did you say they started off? 1990. 94. Well, 94. Yeah. Because it's quite, you know, like um, Pearl Jam 10. That yeah. sounds like a band that's been doing it forever. Mm. You know, and it's just like perfect from start to finish. This album just doesn't sound like a dip. Like, it doesn't sound like a, a like a like a debut album in the sense that that you know they're they're just finding their feet. It's no. Like they're already fully formed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, it's a very quick, you know, short time from yeah. band conception to debut album, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then there's Andy Wallace as well producing it. Yeah, so, so I mean, obviously, there was, like, whoever was their, their A&R guy was pushing them hard. Yeah, you know? yeah. And yeah. quite right, too, because yeah. they are absolutely brilliant, and Skin is. Yeah. Well, they all are phenomenally talented. Yeah. You know? I mean, they were kind of, like, advertised as a sort of British Rage Against Machine with all the other bells and whistles. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting though, after, particularly after the second album, that Rage Against Machine influence that died away, dies away, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, definitely the third one, it almost, there's hints of it, yeah. but it's nowhere near as prominent as, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, the first two, yeah. and even then the second one, you know, it's beginning to, you know, they're, they are finding their, you know, their proper yeah. Unique, yeah. unique sound, yeah. And so the next track is is weak, which is the big single, and you know there's a video for that of them kind of I can't remember what they were doing. They're sort of like crawling in front of a car park diner in the states or something. Yeah. yeah. So this song, this is almost like the perfect rock single, I think. Yeah. Um, it's the perfect length. Yeah. It's got a hooky riff. Yeah. It's got immensely singable 
lyrics yeah. and a chorus to die for. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's an absolutely perfect single. You know, one of the best singles releases. You made a good point, actually. Like it did, I had never thought about it. it. It is in the similar vein to like Black Hole Sun, which was that kind of... Yeah. It's not a ballad, but it's kind of like... Uh, it's got mournful sort of introspective sort of song, yes. but with a big like heavy chorus. So there's enough emotiveness yeah. through it, but it's yeah. not. Um, you know, it's not. It's not, uh, sickly. It's not um, what do you call it? Like a lighter ballad. It's not white snake type thing. Yeah, and you know it, it kind of kicks off towards the end a little yeah. bit as well, and it reprises the riff just exactly the right amount yeah. of times. You know, yeah. so it's just stuck in your head for the rest of the day, and that's exactly yeah. what you know a good. Yeah. rock metal uh, yeah. single shoot. like I say it's, it's the, the guy uh, Ace um, the guitarist he, the well as you say the Frusciante um, he's got a great Hendrix tone himself. isn't he yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean he plays this kind of barred Les Paul with stickers all over it well actually I wanted to get into that because like in the mid 90s like you know when I was like a kid like I would get this American guitar magazine Guitar World yeah and you know you know, basically in the eighties, it was all like the Shredders and the Steve Vai's and bloody yeah. bloody blah and Kirk Hammett and you know. Um, but as you say, like getting into the sort of mid nineties, that that the kind of the virtuoso or Shredder guitarist was kind of way out of fashion. Yeah. And you know, no longer was it like Nuno Betancourt or. It was your Mike McGreedy's and. It was these guys like, yeah. that were on, and then in Britain there was another guitar magazine. I think it's called Total Guitar. I think it's still Total out. Total Guitar, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I just always remember like that period of time like you know the tabs that I wanted to get was like you know Paul Gilbert you know how to shred but it, you know it was um, you know it was always like ocean colour scene yeah, yeah. and uh, the, the ace from uh, Skunk and Nancy and I was kind of like give me Ingwie ah, give yeah, me Ingwie yeah 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 I want to know how to do that sweet arpeggio with this 200 tap you know you know and the whammy bar dive bomb you know um, but yeah no he's, he's a really good uh, guitarist yeah actually I mean what is your favourite song on the album like do you have one or is it? I don't have one. Yeah, I love this album so much. It's a complete it's, thing. It's, yeah. It's it's just a complete thing. So like, like when you, know, you put this album on, you listen to it start to front, or do you sort of like jump to? No, the, don't just yeah. straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it possibly does die off a little bit. I did think the that end. just the last couple of tracks, it just sort of lost a wee bit of momentum. Yeah. Um, you know. Because I I think they could have finished the album that week, and it would have just been holy fuck, you know, and that it would have been just an incredible. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we could have done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so we're listening to Rise Up just now. Yeah. It's a good song, you know. It's... See, actually, what I would say, the better way to have done it would maybe put Week at the end of the album. Yeah, that well, is your dramatic finale. And that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. So finish the album with, yeah. with Week, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you could put the other yeah. two songs, like, bump them up higher up the oh, roster. Yeah, you know yeah. Oh, I mean? see, yes, yes. Because it does have that kind of, like, re- resolution sort of sound to I it. I see, yes, you know yes, I mean? yes, 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 um, yes. I mean, here it sounds, you know, a, a good enough song, A Hundred Ways to Be Good Girls. Got a very soulful, very soul yeah. edge to it. And this is perhaps a bit of an indication as to where they are going to go in kind of subsequent albums, right, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, very well constructed so- song, you know, you know, beautiful mus- musicianship through it. Yeah. Um, and I just think Kind of Rise Up's maybe just a wee bit kind of throwaway, a wee bit tagged on mm-hmm. kind of the end like you know but it's still a good enough good yeah. enough song you know and, and skin sings brilliantly on it you know as we just heard like you know, there's yeah. um built up kind of mm-hmm. vocal tracks through it you know i'm oh, sorry i'm just i didn't appreciate this the last su- track the hunt that is a, a cover yes oh, i didn't realize that oh ah, okay 
New Model Army. That's again, that's one of those bands that I've heard people talk about. I've no idea about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of post-punk kind of. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I, no, I mean, I, I um, I mean, obviously, the, one of the reasons we did do this podcast is kind of sort of reminisce about you know albums that you know in our sort of time so yeah the 90s we were still at school uh, I remember you guys talking about the gig in uh, one of the gigs you went to see Skunk Nancy and I think it was the music hall and she was climbing up the stereos or the speakers or something so, like that just one of them like as I was listening to this album the other day like I had little flashbacks of, mm-hmm. of memories from mm-hmm. that time it was mm-hmm. quite quite a weird cathartic thing but mm-hmm. I had these flashbacks of those mm-hmm. gigs mm-hmm. you know really yeah. strongly yeah. and just of there's a euphoria mm-hmm. sometimes of being at a gig when the music just hits you so yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those those gigs were very much like that. You know, yeah. There's a euphoric element yeah. to them and just, like, bouncing, you know, like, yeah. almost arm in arm we are, we are mates. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this woman yelling at you yeah. about these, um, like, societal problems, yeah. you know, like... And it was... Um, I think it was Little Baby Swastika, yeah. or, um, you know, watching her, yeah. you know, sing these these lyrics mm-hmm. as she's climbing up a PA stack, yeah. you know, and it's just like. So was was that for the supporting this album that tour? Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. See, they must have had really a lot of backing then, you know, because like you know you, you know, the music hall is a pretty big venue. It's a decent uh, sized venue. You know, um, and yeah, they must have had yeah. It's quite a cool venue, actually, the music hall. I like um, the music hall. You know, I actually, I only really went to a couple of gigs there. I remember seeing the Fun Loving Criminals, which were about that time yeah. as well. Um, I really liked them, and I think my friend, he, he was uh, a couple of years later, he was really into the, the indie sort of, not indie, the sort of Britpop thing. So he took me to Embrace, I think it was, and again, that was quite cool. I went to see the LA Doors as well. That was good. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, saw a lot of bands there. Like I, I saw. Um, Television there yeah. a few times. It'd probably be about the size of the O2 Academy. In no, it'd be smaller than that. You think? Yeah, it's smaller than that, but by quite a ways, I think. Uh, You'd be surprised. Really? I think your mind in your mind's eye. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's like it's in the city centre opposite. What was that bar? What was the bar? It's opposite against the, the grill. The grill. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It's quite a cool venue. It's one of those things that didn't really have as many gigs as maybe. I always, I, my memories of the music hall is kind of like uh, like local functions, you yeah. know, like uh, uh, like the students play would always be there and yeah. stuff like that. And you know, uh, God, I saw so many bands in there. I was, really? Yeah, I saw a lot of bands in the music hall. Yeah, yeah. All around that that time, it was the you know it's just the perfect size for those. Bands, you know, like yeah. it's got a little seating area on the balcony yeah, if you yeah. want to sit, but yeah. you know, I was always down the front, kind of mm-hmm. ripping up, watching people play. I mean, this is back you know? in the day. I, I remember like walking down the street or, or seeing it on the kind of local news, like people camping out the night before to get tickets to o- Oasis. You know, like oh. that doesn't happen nowadays because yeah, yeah, yeah. you instead of camping well, out, you have to like wait on fucking ticket. Talking of, press of, of bands like that, so I think I've said in the past that I thought I'd seen Muse yeah. support and 1996. Right. Skunk and Nancy tour definitely saw Muse right, okay. as a support band yeah. to Skunk and Nancy, mm-hmm. and they were like third on the bill or something. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> but I don't remember anything about them. But no, no, I, no, that was no. definitely, definitely, you know, yeah. their. I think it must have been mm-hmm. Muse's first tour, maybe even. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I think 
they they sort of I think their first album came out in 1999 I think or maybe slightly before that. Were Stereophonics were they kind of like it sort of like in that kind of milieu or not? They were really? a wee bit. They were a bit later on, weren't they? Oh, what, that, that's couple right, of years yeah. later yeah, on. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah it probably more ocean color scenes. I've got a pathological hatred for the Stereophonics. Really? <laughs> I used to work in light for a lightning sound company, uh-huh. and um, I did the PA for Battle of the Bands. Mm in one of the villages outside Aberdeen mm. and it was just as um what was that album that they had that was that got massive I can't remember Aye. it's got ha- glad bags and handbags on oh, it oh that one yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, by Christ there was six bands on that night and every single one were a stereophonics <laughs> cover on that night and they did the same yeah. three or four songs yeah. and it was my, my ears were bleeding yeah, by the end of it like so ever since then, I've had almost like a pathological hatred for the stereophonics. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I suppose for me, like, as I say, I was kind of just like in a slightly different lane. Yeah. You know, I would, I had, um, you know, I was probably listening to like Pantera, yeah. Rage Against the Machine. And I think particularly at that time, I just felt like the Americans did things better. The, the presentation, the pop was like, like what I mean, like this is the explosive nature of, of stuff was just delivered better and I yeah. just that's maybe why I just didn't quite get into like Skunk and Nancy and I, I, as again you know I was kind of you know my shreddy sort of guitar type thing you know um, so did you enjoy going back and kind of finding out a bit more about this album then yeah I mean I, I yeah because it, it brought back uh, kind of memories yeah. um, I still wouldn't say it's like just 100% in my lane um, <laughs> but I, you know I you know I enjoyed the album. You yeah. Know, it was you know it wasn't a it wasn't a, a pain to listen to it by any stretch. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. You know enjoyed it. Um, you know and you know like Skin is interesting. She's kind of like a kind of English Grace Jones or something. Oh, she's you she's know. an incredible yeah. person. I think she's one of the best mm-hmm. front persons the UK has yeah. almost ever produced. Just I suppose if I was like if I was being like really critical of the album, I would probably say that there was like a lot of focus was on like the vocals and on her. And I thought that the other yeah. like the bass and the drums and the guitars maybe you could have been higher up in the mix or like given more like like more limelight somehow. Yeah, possibly. You know, but mm-hmm. in saying that, you know, the whole thing works really well. So And that's where they came into their own live yeah. though, because um like you know, the uh, cast is such a good bassist, and then you know the drummer creates such a groove, and yeah. you know aces. You know they 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 rocked really hard. And yeah. if you go back on YouTube and look out, you know some of their earlier gigs. You know yeah. they destroy places. You oh, know they imagine, are yeah. absolutely yeah. fantastic yeah. live. You know yeah. and um, just a really great gig, really energetic, vibrant, in your face. You know. Yeah. Um, and you know with a lot to say. Yeah. With a lot of um interesting comment yeah. commentary t- to make you know yeah i mean for me i suppose like in this brit rock era the bands the british bands i would have been listening to i like the terror vision album how to make friends that, yeah. that was a big one i really liked that but that came out a couple of years before was it yeah it did actually yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, i think night four or something didn't yeah it? something, something like, that. like that yeah and then i was also like big into like the sort of jamiroquai and the brand new heavies and the, the fun loving criminal so that's yeah. kind of like when it came to like non sort of like heavy metal shred guitar type thing that's kind of where I was. Where I was at. Yeah. I mean, also like at, at this time, I would have been listening to like Led Zeppelin and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like this is you know, um, kind of the seventies thing was quite big in the nineties. You know, like the sort of seventies revival, almost like revival. 
it's a funny thing. I think we maybe need to go into that a little bit at some point, don't we? And I think maybe if we use like almost like Reef's, you'll be surprised if you listen to Reef's debut album just how Led Led Zeppelin he is. Oh, I, I can imagine. And there's a song. Um, it's one of my f- kind of at the time it was one of my favourite kind of Brit rock songs, mm. and they use the when the levy breaks oh, right, drum, drum echo, sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's beautiful, yeah. you know. And the way they use it is is actually really interesting, mm. you know. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, it was for me. Um, you know, thanks for uh, uh, suggesting the samples. Is, is you know, I wouldn't have like uh, gone to, to to listen to it, and then having gone to listen to it, it brought back like other things I was checking out. You know, Living Color, and I, I you know haven't listened to Led Zeppelin for a while, so I you was know, listening to that, and yeah, so yeah, great. Yeah, and I would yeah. certainly suggest yeah. that you check out the next two albums anyway, Stoosh. Yeah. And um, yeah, Stoosh is the one with her face like yeah. mega mega. Like high up, you know? yeah. But yeah, I guess we're k- kind of coming to the end of this one, yeah, now, yeah, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think just to sum up, I think you know, Skunk can say, um, I think they. This is their best album. Yeah. They, I don't know. The next two albums are really great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, they're really, yeah. really good albums, and you know, they they weren't kind of the biggest band of that kind of era and genre for for yeah. no reason, yeah. you know. But I just think Skunk and are you know such a good mix of. Um, Aggression and musicianship, and yeah. you know all the things that made make great bands great. You know, and yeah, uh, Skin is a bit of a heroine of mine. I have to say, I think mm-hmm. she's a absolutely fantastic front person. Mm-hmm. Um, she's a fascinating character, and she can yeah. really. She's got such an incredible yeah. voice. You know, I think you have to finish this podcast off with telling us what does Skunk and Nancy mean, Charlie? Oh, it comes from um, Ghanaian um, folklore. Right. Um, Calling yeah. the juju spirits or something. Kind kind of thing, yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's from you know skins. Um, uh, Akan folk tales of Anasi. An- Anansi. Anansi. Yeah. Oh, Anansi. Yeah, oh, yeah. Ah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so you know from her head, you know her, her yeah. family her, heritage yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, that was uh, the VRPC uh, episode on Skunk Anansi's. Uh, what was it called? The Paranoid Sunburn. Paranoid Sunburn. Yeah, yeah, from 1995. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, Sharpie, final words. Yeah, thanks very much for joining us, folks. Um, please check out these albums. They you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, I don't think they're particularly well known, maybe in places like the states, but um, you know they they are absolutely phenomenal um, albums, and you know with a unique take on on a particular sound. Yeah. Um, next episode is going to be on our continuation of um, the music favorite musicians in yeah. their positions. Yeah. So we're going to be doing yoga league, positions, no yoga positions, yeah. downward dog and all that. Yeah. Um, um, so, <laughs> so it's going to be lead guitarists. Yeah. And, so the oh captain's absolutely God. delighted about this one. He's going to be rambling on for hours and hours. About Sharp Ingrid Ingrid Malmsten or something. Um, <laughs> so uh, you can catch us on the hashtag VRPC yeah. on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and the Facebook. Yeah. Of um, course. Listen to us on Apple, on Spotify, on whatever you get your podcasts and yep. pass it around to your mates and your friends and even the people you don't like, you know. <laughs> As a, really? pun- a form of punishment, I guess. In- indeed. Yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, so, until next week. See ya. Adios. <laughs>